Blog Talk Radio. taking that break and then as January picks up, you know, we, we, we pick up as, as far as the boxing schedule, but we started with the bank this year, no doubt about it. On the, what was that? The second Ryan Garcia body shot KOs Luke Campbell after getting off the floor. And I got news for you. Anybody that says that's a flash knockdown, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, because um, it wasn't. Look at his arms. He didn't land with his arms, barely. And look at his arms when he's going down. They're just like, uh. Now, he got up. He did his job. He more than did his job. He stopped Luke Campbell, who hadn't been stopped uh, at that weight class or, or you know, ever, whatever you wanna, however you want to put that. And uh, it was fun. I mean, don't get me wrong. The celebration in the ring, I had a mixed bag feeling about it because it is joy. It is fun. It is, you know, the adrenaline, like everything. You know, he had never been down. I don't think he said he got dropped in an amateur fight either. So, you know, that is a big deal. But I did think, like, I love the post-fight interview. But I did think the celebration was like, whoa, 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 dude. Whoa, whoa. Hold on a little bit. Hold on. Like he's crying again. And, you know, but hey, it's easy for me to say that sitting on my ass at home, right? Um, shit, I, I mean, I win or lose, you know, as a kid, I'd be crying during a fight and after a fight. <laughs> Even if I was winning, I just had adrenaline cry emotion i don't know anyway i'm gonna shut up um we're gonna talk all about that fight some of the undercard fights the alvarados uh we're on the undercard i'll talk about their fights some other stuff as well 
And then we'll look ahead. Ryan Garcia, what is his next move? He promised the call-out. And the call-out, he did. I mean, full-on call-out. No ifs, ands, buts about it. He went after Tank, and he's still going after Tank. Talking about two rounds now. (laughs) So he said, hey, he looked for the call-out, and the dude did go for the major call-out. He was on TMZ yesterday calling it out like he wants to fight. Now, whether it happens or not, I can't say 100%. We'll talk a little bit about that. I feel like it has a really good shot, just the way both camps have been talking about, even before talking about it, even before any of this stuff. Because remember, they were going to fight at the end of last year if, you know, COVID had, you know, brought up that. Uh, well, we, we won't get into that. That's just too much negativity. Um, but we'll get into that. You know, some people think it'll be Lenar's then tank. Some people think, well, some people want Devin Haney. What will it be? We'll talk a little bit about that. Um, there is a couple items that we'll get to as well. Um, as far as, uh, you know, some current fight news, of course, we have our boxing Twitter segment. Going to talk a little bit about Canelo um, Alvarez and his two-fight deal that he, it sounds like it's, I'm not going to say a done deal, but it does seem like that makes a lot of sense, um, especially if he wants to fight Yildrum. And right now it feels like maybe DeZone would, I mean, I think the zone has the most guaranteed money up front, but for Yildrum, you know, I could see why it would be a two-fight deal, not to just pay for the Yildrum and not get Billy Joe Saunders on the back end uh, to protect yourself with that. Anyway, I mean, or something else. It doesn't. It could be Triple G, right? That that fight's not completely dead. He, but he wants to. Uh, um, so th- there is some other stuff we'll talk about. Demetrius Andre said he's willing to take a pay cut, but against who? Against who? And even before I started this podcast, I'm not talking about originally when we started it, and that is a we, not just me. Um, you know, Tank is actually talking like it's basically a done deal. They're both posting it. Um, Garcia did say they haven't had any like intense talks yet, like it's a done deal. On, I think it was on TMZ he said that, but um, I don't know, man. I really hope this fight happens, though. Like I said, we'll, 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 we'll talk about some other fight news and whatnot, but before we get into recapping last weekend's fights and Ryan Garcia's explosive body shot knockout, gotta love a good body shot knockout. Man. I, I, don't get me wrong. I, I love me some head knockout. Pause. It does knock you out, though. Um, anyway, let, let's just let's just let's just keep going. Um, but it, like I said, though, if this is your first time listening to the God, I, this is a mess. Um, if this is your first time listening to the Rope It Up Radio podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on uh, blogtalkradio.com forward slash Rope It Up Radio. But you know, you don't have to download the show directly from there or listen to the browser if you don't want. If that doesn't work for you, I understand. You can find this Rope It Up Radio podcast platform. On Apple Podcasts, if you leave uh, you know, a review, give me a five-star. That helps, too. Um, you can find it on iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, Spricker, Stitcher, really almost across the board. Also part of the Grueling True Sports Podcast Network, 
which can be found almost everywhere, including Spotify. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegroomtree.com. It's boxing, it's football, it's baseball, it's basketball, it's everything in between. And one more thing before you're thinking about uh, who's going to be next with Ryan Garcia, maybe you're thinking about cutting the cord. <laughs> that was cheesy. Or you have, you're not quite happy. I got something for you. It's called AT&T TV Now. It's live streaming cable. They do have the seven-day free trial. The plans start as low as $55 a month. No annual contract, of course. Stream it anywhere. They have the cloud DVR. And just for signing up, you get a seven-day free trial of HBO Max. And if you sign up for the Max package, that'll include HBO Max plus a free month of Showtime. That's normally $11 box fans on this platform, Showtime. Anyway, um, that's AT&T TV now, like I said, live streaming cable. Okay, so um, what a performance. I mean, in, in a variety of ways, by the way. Um, this was fun. <laughs> this was a damn good fight. It's exactly what we needed at the exact time. Um, and, you know, Ryan Garcia delivered the knockout blow. No doubt about it. And like I said, that hadn't been done um, by some other pretty damn good fighters. Obviously, Lomachenko stands out. Linares stands out. Not like he's a knockout puncher, but still, he did his duty. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but, you know, I um, there, there are some things to take away from this that are – you know, we have the pros and cons. I'm not going to say negative per se, but clearly some of the items that you can, especially go back to 2018 in those back-to-back fights, Velez and Morales, um, you can find some flaws in his game, and some of them that will get him knocked out. But, you know, he also hasn't showed us a whole lot of his counter game as far as being on the move, his pivot game, he hasn't showed that in a while. He's been more coming right to guys. I mean, Francesca, I suppose, came to him and he countered them. But, um, you know, he was moving in some of those fights even more uh, back then. So let's just get to the action. Then I'll kind of talk about it. Of course, we'll talk about Tank Davis and, and, and just, you know, a variety of stuff when it comes to that. And, of course, Chris Mannix, he hates the shot calling. He hates the A-side. But, of course, like we see when it comes to the broadcast teams nowadays, not just the zone, all of them, um, to different levels, of course, but all of them in the end, um, talking about he's the shot caller. You know, okay, that may be true. We don't know for a fact he's the the A-side per se, but, man, I'd say right now it's 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 pretty it's it's fifty fifty I'd say but uh, anyway um, it is funny how you know they hate the A side they hate the B side and all of a sudden you know he's talking about Garcia being up with you know getting closer to Mayweather and Pacquiao and Oscar and those guys and Canelo in it as if Gervonta doesn't have a fan base as strong I mean I know he doesn't have as many Instagram followers but. Spence doesn't have a bunch of followers on that stuff either, and he does pretty good, I'd say. So um, we'll see how this all works out. 
Um, but the first first round, like, I mean, how many rounds did you give beyond, of course, round two to Luke Campbell? I believe I'm actually going to go over that um, that article in a second. But I believe that um, I believe he was like looking at the cards, like, oh my god, what the hell was that? Like, like Luke was, thought he was getting screwed or something. I didn't give him give him another round. I mean, could you give him one more round? Okay, you know, maybe. Um, but it kind of it kind of started out um, with Garcia landing better. Um, but it did seem like he was loading up. I mean, that seemed like he was loading up the whole fight, basically. Um, and he did get caught, I think, with a, a left hook, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I, I had Garcia winning the second round. Um, then, obviously, the, did I say second round? First round. Second round, like a jab to the stomach. In a looping left hand that caught Garcia clean and dropped him. You know, Garcia was flat-footed for a lot of this fight. And that's what I'm saying about we've seen him in fights with a higher guard when he's up close. We've seen him a lot less flat-footed. Um, and he just got clocked, dude. And, and like I said, that, that was not some sort of uh, – Flash knockdown. Now, was he just hurt and out on his feet and Campbell completely could have just, you know, flicked flicked his nose and he'd fall over or, or a nice little gust of wind would have knocked him over? No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that at all. But I did hear plenty of people saying, oh, it's just a flash knockdown. Look at his arms and tell me if that's a flash knockdown. Because, um, you know, boxers want to look a certain way when they're get, going down and getting back up. That's just true, just off embarrassment. It's kind of like when you get, you know, knocked down and you go face forward. That That's a really bad sign. Um, anyway, then I thought Garcia, you know, started landing his left hook, right hands. I liked what he was doing in the last part of the third round to the body. Um, and, you know, mostly just jabs coming from Campbell. Um, more left hooks, more hard right hands. He was kind of, I don't know, he, he was trying to, like, push jabs or kind of just that where you just move the guy's guard out of the face and land your right hand. Um, it really wasn't working a lot for him, though, I'll say. Um, Campbell did land a couple of counters, had some nice pivots off of shots and stuff like that. Um, fifth round came around. Campbell did have a short right hook early and a nice few left hands. And, you know, they kept saying, I think Morris said it a couple of times, the one-inch punch. And a lynch punch, that's a Bruce Lee thing that people don't know, it's a straight punch, though. It's straight, it's right by, obviously, right by the target. So it's not really a hook one-inch punch that really lines up exactly off the theory of the one, you know, off the, the one-inch punch. And But I'll say this, the short hooks were finding a home, I don't think he was really turning him over, Campbell, enough because they could have even found a, a home even more. But I did like how he shortened them up, and they were very effective in spots, no doubt about it, which lends itself to, dude, you were getting hit clean, dude, like really clean, that type of thing. Um, but, you know, we'll talk about it. Obviously, a lot of people talking about this Gervonta fight, and Gervonta 
took some shots from Leo and kept coming and, and, and said, well, I feel like I'm going to go for the knockout more than I'm going to worry about defense. Now, there was times where he splashed more defense, but he did get hit plenty by him, too. Um, although weight class-wise is different. I think Leo Santa Cruz is a better fighter than Campbell, but it's also a weight class thing. You know, Obviously, at 130, he hasn't done much. right? At featherweight, he's much more accomplished. So, anyway, we'll get into that stuff. I shouldn't get there just yet. Sixth round. Um, I mean, Garcia just came out swinging early and often. Campbell seemed to settle down and land a couple of good shots um, somewhat. Uh, and actually, I forgot to say, on the fifth round, Campbell landed a short uh, left hook, or right hook, I should say. Um, and, you know, it's not like Garcia wasn't landing his hooks and, you know, straight rights to the body, you know, straight rights and hooks to the body. Um, his defense, you know, not that great. But that late left hook, I think, that hurt Campbell, had him turning around, that stole the round. So that would have been a round that I would have given to Campbell had he not gotten buzzed at the end of the round. Um, like I said, though, he came out swinging. Did seem after getting buzzed that um, Campbell did settle down a bit in the sixth. Then uh, Campbell came out with the jab and some right hooks. And, you know, I mean, the left hook to the body. It was over. You see the replay. You see the ripple effect. And that's one of those, if you're in the crowd, not only can you hear it, we can hear it better at home now because there's there's not as big of crowds. I think when they had 6,000, which is all they could have, um, which is a good sign, obviously. Um, but you can kind of see the whole ripple effect and what it does to uh, the, the, the opponent that got hit, the body. You could just see it. And you could see that when someone gets hit in the face, too. It's a little bit different. Matters where you're sitting, obviously, too. But man, um, what a way to end it! Left hook to the body, nasty, nasty shot. King Ryan Garcia gets it done. Said he was going for the knockout. Went for the knockout. Like I said, the whole crying and jumping for joy, like you just beat Teofimo and took the lineal, or or Gervonta, or even like uh, your first real title, um, which it is what it is. This is uh, interim, right? Um, I don't know. That that seemed a little bit like, whoa, 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 whoa. Now, you know, the, the interview was money, and honest in a lot of ways. Uh, after, we'll get to that. And, and in the TMC video, he said, you know, we're not celebrating much now. You know, we're, we're on Javante, we're on Tank. So he has moved on. I'll give him credit there. But I did think it was a tad over dramatic, as if he was down on the cards. It was the 12th round, and I barely, you know, that's what it kind of made me feel like. But then again, he has gotten a lot of love, but also a lot of, like, doubters because of the Instagram thing and the model thing. So it's, it's easy, like I said earlier, for me to sit back and eat Cheetos and be like, dude, he shouldn't be crying, man. Not even crying. I don't mind when athletes cry, especially boxing, honestly. I don't. I know a lot of people, oh, I'm not, I'm not hacking him for crying. I'm hacking him, not really hacking him, but I'm a little critical of, hey, dude, put this all in perspective, though. But I'm trying to put it in perspective myself and look in his eyes. No, just kidding. Uh, pause. But, you know, look in his head and say, you know, if I see it from that angle, he had never, you know, I don't know if this is true for sure. 
But he had, they said he'd never been dropped at all. So that is shocking, you know. So, yeah, and it is his biggest fight at the time, right? So I'm a little mixed bag of that celebration, though, because I just it felt like you just beat Tank or Tia Fimo, and you didn't. So that, that was my only, like, but it was a funny celebration. It was an awkward celebration because he was so happy. And the guy, you know, Eddie's trying to hold him, and it, it got a little pause uh, worthy. But, hey, that the thing about, like, I do like about it, it was just naturally him. And so I do give him credit for not trying to be too tough or not trying to say, I'm the best ever and all that after. You know what I mean? Um, but the but the, so, so all, you know, all in all, Campbell, should he have jumped on him in the second round? You know, probably. He probably should have. Um, now, it's really easy to say, well, dude, if he would have done that, he got knocked out. Well, dude, he got knocked out anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? He wasn't going to win this fight on the cards, regardless of what he says about the cards were all fucked up. He wasn't going to win this fight on the cards, uh, more than likely. So, um, you know, that that is what it is. I'm not too worried um, about all that. Um, in fact, when I go that right now, Sean Nam. Um, this is from BoxingScene.com. Campbell discussed the scorecards of Garcia, though. Bloody hell. Bloody hell, I should say. It was probably lose-lose for me. And I kind of think that's a cop-out. I mean, it's lose-lose for anybody going against the A-side, especially in their home country. I, I get that. That's just kind of, uh, you know, that just happened. Um, he says, you know, for me to win, I would have had to knock him out. Um, I thought it'd be a little more fair on the scorecards. Um, what I got told were stupid because for me it was very competitive, nothing much in the fight between us by that point. But some of the scorecards were so biased, he says. And it was one of them had it 58-56, and the other, had it, the other two had it 58-55. And I just went over the scorecards. And I really can't give him the fit because he got hurt in the fifth, or at least buzzed enough to turn your back. I mean, when you start turning your back, and I know that was a, it was actually a smart thing because he was trying to get away, and he also knew the end of the round was happening. So I'd have to go back and see the timing on that. Um, but we've seen people turn their back. We just saw someone turn their back um, in a fight. We saw Kovalev do it, yada, yada, yada. It happens, yada, it happens. Um, but what other round did he win? I mean... Four two is like B max, dude. And really, maybe four one one. I don't know if I could give a full round to Garcia to be honest, or sorry to Campbell. So maybe I have a draw round in there. So he gets one off a draw, and obviously he gets one which is worth an extra point because it's a ten eight round. But I, I didn't I didn't see that, you know. Um. Oh my bad. You know what? There what that scorecard is bullshit. That he only he gave a ten nine advantage for round two. Yeah, that's stupid. That's bad. That 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 part of it is bad. I understand that part uh, because that's that's bullshit. That's fully bullshit. He that was a hard that was he won the round off of that punch because it did. It wasn't the flash knockdown, and it's not. Excuse me, and it's not like uh, Campbell was in the corner taking a bunch of punishment in that, in that round either. So that one, 
I don't know about that one. Um, I wouldn't have got any credit that I deserved. I would just beat an Instagram. I would have just beaten an Instagram, you know, Instagram boxer, you know. In winning, I would have. I would have lost anyhow. I don't think there's a win-win in that for me whatsoever. So I mean, why'd you take the fight then, if that's really your mentality? Um, we all know his left is best shot. He was throwing to my head. I was blocking well as he moved. I thought he was throwing it onto the head, but he whipped it up to the rib cage. Um, I stepped back and couldn't breathe, couldn't breathe, all that stuff. But as far as the other two scorecards, though, like the 10 to 8 thing, I just, it, that just clicked now. So I'll give him that. But five, really a bad, like, did you, when he acts like it was like six or three, three, you know, going into the seventh. And that, that's just not true. But that, no way. That, that's just not true. I'm sorry. Um, but he put up a good fight. Like I said, I mean, could he have been more aggressive? Yeah, he should have been. But not to the point where he's going to put himself in harm's way uh, all the way for a long period of time because that's not his style either. So, I don't know. On one hand, I think, you know, it was smart to, like, not freak out because you're, the night would probably end shortly, but it only ended, like, four rounds after that. So, I don't know. It is one of those things, though, that you look back and you go, hmm, I wonder what would have happened. Anyway, um, you know, he showed pretty much everything. He obviously showed his power. Um, he showed some veteran stuff in there. He did at times pivot and get himself in a better position. But he also, Garcia, I'm speaking of, of course, um, you know, he was so flat-footed. And we've seen him fight like this before. This is not crazy new. But even when I thought his defense was easy, was more suspect a couple of years back in the Chiefs, which it was in the air, and he opens up so much going for the big punch. And you, you saw that sometimes in these exchanges and, and when he get hit, he tried to hit back that he, he missed kind of badly. Other times it would just be like right on the button. And then he's ready to throw bombs at you. So now will he fight this exact same way against Gervonta? I doubt it. I made the example of, how Gervonta went against Leo Santa Cruz in his style and how he just kept coming forward, coming forward. Now, there were some times when Leo would have him near the ropes or whatever, and he would flash better defense. I do think Gervonta has better defense both in that tight high guard when you're up close uh, and head movement, like straight-up head movement, upper body movement, being able to drop levels like that. We know Garcia has the reach, but – I don't like. I wouldn't like Garcia on the move the whole time uh, against Tank either. Uh, to be honest, you know, I, I don't know if he can sit there and be on the move and be defense and just counter and jab the whole time. Especially if he gets hit with a big punch, he does have that. I'm going to go get him back, right in him, and we saw some of that. But we also saw, I want to get him back. But hold on, hold on, bam, I got him back. You know what I mean? So he's kind of flashed it all. Um, like I said, let's not forget about his right hook pivot, you know, and, and some of the stuff he can do. And if he, if he really focuses on um, 
stepping to the side, using angles, not not just jumping back. Um, like once in a while, we even see Spence do it. Sometimes it's, he uses an angle. Sometimes he literally just jumps back. Um, I mean, that we see a lot of fighters doing it. So it's not being hypercritical of, of Ryan Garcia. Um, but we the, the flat-footed just going for broke is so fun to watch. I'm not 100% sold he's going to fight every fight like that, though. You know? So, but it it does take some balls that he got knocked down like that and then went at him. And we can sit there and say, well, Campbell's not known for a puncher, dude. True. That is true. But he did drop his ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, okay. I mean, and what does that mean moving forward? Did he just get caught being silly? and got knocked down pretty hard, got up, and was able to recoup, and it tells you a lot about the kid, because it does anyway, regardless of what it does anyway that way. But it also tells you, like, well, he didn't learn his lesson, even in that fight, and he got hit with even, you know, just a bunch of clean shots after that. So, I don't know, man. You know, it's a tough one. I just, I'm not sold he's going to just go try to walk your mouth any down. Now, there might be times in which he starts to do that, but I don't think that's going to be his game plan. Not to say he couldn't win that way, like he has no chance. I'm not saying that at all. Um, because that's the thing about these exchanges, you know. Um, they both would hit super hard, him and Gervonta. Now, we assume Gervonta because we've seen workout some workouts with him right now, so we assume he's staying fit. And in order to have that killer power, especially at 135, he does have to be 100% fit, which I think he is right now, but that's a capital T-H-I-N-K. You know, I think he is. You know, that's really the only thing that's, you know, the out-of-the-ring stuff sometimes with him has slowed down his career, obviously. So, do I think it's going to happen? Well, here's the deal. I mean, they both on Instagram just basically posted this, you know, this, this the poster <laughs> for the fight. It's not really for the fight, I don't believe. But they, they basically sounded like it. I, I got to give him credit, though, Ryan Garcia. He said he was going to call them out, and he called them out. And he called them out again. He got the crowd into it. Poor Devin Haney's out here going, damn, okay. But, you know, it's still good for Devin. It's still good for Devin, dude. Because he showed up to the fight, and the more he keeps doing this, the more the the duck thing will actually be 100% true. I'm not saying it is right now. You know, there's some things that he said that I gave shit for this spring, you know, and I've given shit for, you know, saying, though, you know, uh, Tiafimo's ducking me, but he fights Loma. You know what I mean? It's like, well, I mean, hold on, dude. Like, that's not a duck, dude. Sorry, it's not a duck when you when that's you know the case. But to be honest, even Tiafimo, he was talking about I need ten million to fight uh, Haney. I remember reading that tweet, Haney saying, "Well, I thought I wasn't shit. Now all of a sudden you need ten million to fight me." And obviously, you know, it made it clear that they want to build the Devin Haney fight, even though they're platform. They want to build the Haney Garcia fight at least another year. And I know, I know that's sacrilegious to some fans. I'm just being realistic, guys. That's all up on that. And that's what we're seeing. I mean, who really thinks Haney and him are going to fight next or next year? I don't. I don't. 
I'll just say it on the record right now. I do not. But this is good for Devin because Devin can keep grooming, keep getting better, keep fighting better opposition, and he'll get his shot. And even if he has to just stay in the lab, keep talking shit, having his pops talk a bunch of stuff, he'll get his. He'll get his. He'll get his at some point. Um, so happened, you know, the fact that, like I mentioned, after he talk, took out Fonseca, and Tank was talking about Leo Santa Cruz in the summer, because that was planned for May, June, or July. I think it was June, actually. And and then he said, I, and I, you know, I'm going to fight Santa Cruz, and then I'm fighting um, Garcia in December. And they talked about that pretty heavy. And not just Garcia, Ryan and, and Tank, you know. Javante talked about it. Garcia talked about it, no doubt. But Oscar's talked about it. Um, Ellerby has talked about it. So it's something that seems like it makes the most sense for these both guys. It's the biggest names. Don't get me wrong. Teofimo, we don't even know what that peak rating against Lomachenko beat them, especially those last, the last round, right? But the last, say, five rounds when the fight heated up. And I'm only talking about that from a casual you know, standpoint. I enjoyed the fight thoroughly, but from a casual standpoint, it wasn't some kind of barn burner, obviously, nor did I think it would. But still, at least they left on a good note besides that one <laughs> really bad scorecard. Um, but I don't know. You know, the, the crowd not being able to let in um, besides in Texas, you know, it sucks for uh, Tiafimo that he couldn't have that in Madison Square Garden that last. Uh, although it probably would have been a bad game, actually. Loma probably would have I can't hold it. But it, it just would already be nice for his next fight to be there, you know, in New York. Because I, I know for a fact the next time he fights in New York, it's going to be a, a, a significantly bigger crowd than it was before for him. So... Um, but but it is tough to, to judge it right now, whereas Garcia, you know, as a non-titleist, not na- needing to take on a name. Let's be honest, not a lot of people know Luke Campbell here. You know, <clears throat> wasn't that fight on ESPN Plus? Like, it wasn't even like Lenar's fight where that got a nice, healthy rate, you know. So, it's tough to say. Like, Garcia has the Instagram followers. How many of those people are going to buy uh, a seventy-five dollar pay-per-view, and obviously that's the problem too. The zone or pay-per-view. Well, obviously, just hearing Oscar De La Hoya talk about I'm a free agent. Now he's not even saying, of course I'd be on the zone for my fight, my comeback. He's saying I could be a ESPN, I could do a you know, an independent, whatever. So, you know, I don't know. You know, I'm not sure exactly how that's going to work, but. I think they're in a predicament without Canelo that their leverage is gone until, you know, Garcia starts to hit those peaks. And it's – I'm not going to say gone comparatively who signed to the company, but it's not where it was, the standing. So – and just like I said, Oscar saying that free agent stuff, I think there's – I don't know. I'm, I'm a little in between on that as far as where this fight would be, but I think it'd have to be on pay-per-view. Now, that's not to say the zone 
won't try to pull up the Brinks truck because I do think they'd try to do that. So we'll see. But um, it's a big fight, big fight for, for both. Name-wise, Tank has been a, a name much longer in boxing than a Tiafimo or a, a Garcia. Um, he came on the scene. You could tell when he was not even the main event that basically the whole arena had already showed up in the Barclays for that Pedraza fight. And then obviously what he did last year, two years ago, shit, 2019, isn't it? Um, in those three different venues, the guy is a, is a star. He's, a, he's, he's, cr- he's crossing over. Not to say he's a crossover star 100%, but he's crossing over. And you can tell Ryan Garcia is too. He's just getting so much attention. Look at his highlight. You know, I think his highlights already topped as far as just using Showtime in the zone. I think his highlights already topped uh, the, the uppercut. Now, I'm not going to say like that one as viral on different outlets, you know, but he's a big deal. <laughs> you know what I mean? He really is. And we don't know how far these two have crossed over to the point where, oh, this is for sure a million on pay-per-view. You know, the fact that they're both undefeated, the fact that, you know, the good against bad, the the, the dude who's just this hard-nosed Tyson type thing, and then the pretty bull who can talk shit, like the combination of that, like, and Gervonta can, when it push comes to shove, Gervonta can talk shit, but he's soft-spoken too. So I think it's, the amount of celebrities, even Tyson, dude, Gervonta's his favorite fighter. Like, this is going to be a big fight. You know, and it doesn't have a chance to do a million on pay-per-view. I think it, would, I think it legitimately has a chance. Now, you know, some people are like, dude, if you add up all their, you know, Mayweather and Canelo and add up all their Instagram followers, and you know, all that, I get all that. I get all that, but a lot of people are just going to buy the not buy the shit. They're going to steal the, the stream. I mean, have we seen? And maybe I'll bite my tongue when it comes out, but have we seen, um, you know, a press release on how many signups, you know, Garcia got for this fight? Did he for for twenty bucks or you know the other prices you can get, obviously? Um, I mean, did he do a million off twenty bucks? Because that would mean he's just a big-ass star, right? Like over Canelo at that point, because Canelo couldn't even hit a million for 20 bucks a month or, you know, the hardcore level is different. But anyway, um, it's going to happen in 2021. Now, will they meet in a, you know, interim-type fight because of the crowds? I think, I don't know. I think the success it can have on pay-per-view and some of the sponsorship they can get would help the gate the loss of the gate or the, the lack of a full gate because they could do it at Cowboy Stadium or, or whatever and do a pretty healthy number. They just obviously can't jam-pack Staples Center or the MGM or something like that um, or, you know, obviously in Baltimore or the Barclays or something like that. Um, so, yeah, great performance. Showed some flaws. Um Especially, like I said, defensively, man, sometimes he's just so wide open. Um, but, yeah, Mannix, after talking about shot caller, he's trying to just 
automatically put him over Gervonta. Everybody on the planet has to. But yet, when you know, when it comes to other fighters, especially of course PBC and Maddox, um, now I don't just randomly throw that out there about Maddox. I mean, well documented how biased he is for like purposely, clearly. You know, he's the type of guy who was actually dogging the PBC, talking about kind of laughing its way out of business. But then when DAZN people or people were saying that about DAZN, he went out there and like, if you if you care about boxing, you wouldn't do this. Well, well, you know, it goes both ways there, Chris. Um, anyway, he's out there talking about he's a shot caller. You know, with him and Gervonta, I think it's a 50-50 fight right now because because of the crowd. You know, I think that he's already established that. That doesn't mean that Garcia's next fight couldn't draw $2 million at the gate with the full gate. I'm not saying that. I believe he probably could. But because Tank's fighting people that, you know, aren't big names either and doing well just because he's got a belt or whatever. A lot of people don't even think it's a real belt. So, you know what I mean? So it is what it is. Anyway, um, but, you know, if, if they wanted to eat a full crowd and they had to wait and he fought Lenars and Tank fought Russell or somebody, um, and then they fought September or December or something like that, I'd be okay with that too. I'd be okay with that too. I, I know people don't. It has to be nuts or else the hype's gone or whatever. Some people say that, you know. The hype's just getting going on this. But I do think meeting now would be the best thing for both of them, the most money for both of them, hands down. Sorry, Tiafimo. Sorry, Devin. Sorry, Loma. It, it just is. Sorry, Shakur. It, it just is. It just is. Sorry. That's just how it is. Anyway, let's talk a little bit about the undercard fight because we had some excitement, no doubt. Um, Felix Alvarado, we'll, we'll talk about him, talking about his fight with DJ Krill. I think it's DJ Krill. This is, uh, this is like light. Flyweight, which is always a weird way to put it. Light. This is light flyweight. Oh, okay. So not flyweight. It's a lighter version of flyweight. Um, Elvarado actually came out stormtrooping, and even though Creel had, you know, his his little moments or whatever, um, and he did, he did. There wasn't many rounds you could actually give to him. Uh, I mean, right off the bat. The pressure from Alvarado. Um, there was a left hook in an exchange um, that knocked him down, hooked to the head and body with both hands. <laughs> Alvarado was really putting in that work. Um, man, oh my. Oh, shoot. You know what? I have to. Um, sorry. My bad. Um, I think it's the producer. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, so so after that, there was a knockdown, like I said. And like I said, I liked how El Parado was digging with both hands to the body. Um, that pressure, using his overhand right. Now, Creel, jab, and busy work, little movement. Um, you know, looking pretty good there. 10-8 round, I think it was a left hook. Numerous uppercuts and hard right hands. Uh, the fifth round was a closer round. Um, Alvarado put in some work on the inside. Um, but the busier fighter, I thought, with that jab pivot, probably Creel. I'd probably give him the fifth and the sixth. 
He was jabbing well. Like I said, he was scoring points. He was pivoting his way out. Um, it did seem like Alvarado was fading a little bit, um, you know, just a tad bit um, offensively there for a second. But then he picked up the pace in the seventh and eighth. Um, and, and then it got to the point where Krill was, you know, he was jabbing, but that was it. You know, he was mostly just jabbing, and, and it got a little like, oh, I don't know, because Alvarado's landing the bigger shots. Ninth round comes around. Uh, he closed stronger, had uh, Krill on the ropes, uppercuts, hard right hands to the body and head, and then after a huge right hand, um, TKO Krill was basically like on the ropes. Um, it was a good performance by Alvarado for sure, Felix Alvarado. He landed 289 to $1.58. Um, but Krill was, just had that steady work. I mean, he threw 940 punches. The problem is he only landed 17%. Um, and it's not like Alvarado. I mean, he brought the pressure physically and also, you know, did throw 792, but he landed 36%. That was the key there. And then one more fight, and I just see some people popping in here in the last couple of minutes. I see Carcino. I'm going to go to you in just a second, buddy. Um, that Rene Alvarado and Gutierrez. Um and Gutierrez, you know, rest in peace to his mother. And she, you know, trying to recover from losing uh, someone like that is, is a tough one. Um, this one, I mean, I had it like 1-1 after the first two rounds. Um, closer, I, I think uh, Gutierrez closed a little bit better in round one. Um, and the harder shots were uh, Rene Alvarado, I thought, in round two. Um, and then, obviously, round three... Uh, Gutierrez uppercut to the body, knocked him down. Alvarado looked really hurt. Uppercut, uh, excuse me, uppercut, and more right hands. I think it was a right hand that dropped him for a second time. But Alvarado did actually recover within that round. I was pretty impressed by that. Um, fourth round, the, I think he kind of stole it with this pressure, Alvarado. He kind of got back up, and, and, and then – to me, he took over a good portion of that fight. The sixth, the eighth, I gave him to him. He was busier. He was landed a hard left hand. I think the last 25 seconds, he landed a left hook. That was pretty nasty in the sixth. Slower round in the seventh. The only thing that really stood out to me was Gutierrez's jab. So maybe I'd give him it off that. Um, like I said, the eighth, though, the body punching, more hard right hands, whereas just jab right hand, but I thought the better shots were Alvarado. But then Gutierrez, for me, took over the rest of the fight. I gave the ninth, the 10th, 11th, and the 12th. Obviously, the 12th um, was dramatic, but he was busier. Uh, not only was he jabbed and, you know, followed by the right hand, but he started to land the uppercut, just landing the cleaner, harder shots, busier, better shots, like I said. And then um, the left hook uppercut knocked him down. Um, he was, you know, using a lot of jabs still, whereas Alvarado had a jab going at right hand, but, um, you know, he, he knocked him down. And so that's three knockdowns. That's three knockdowns, and, and, and that was enough to push him over. All three scorecards had it 113-112. I had it 113-112, maybe 114-111. So 6-6, six, six, um, or five, I should, should say 5-5. Five, five. Yeah, it was – 12, right? So 6-6, 6-5-1. Alvarado maybe 7-5, but that's still a loss on the scorecard. If you have the 115-113 and you take three points off that, that's 113-112. So um, there, 
there was somebody on Twitter, um, go figure, right? <laughs> um, boxing, good old boxing Twitter, um, who kind of was making a stink that it should have been a much wider scorecard. Um, I really didn't. I wasn't really up for that. I, I, I was, I, I was a little like, really, dude. Like, so you, you thought he was winning every round? Like, Alvarado wasn't winning anything. And, and, and his big thing was, well, if a guy scores three knockdowns, that should be, it should be far and away a win. And it's like, well, you know, you gotta go round by round, though. You can't, you can't just go off a of, well. Did you see him hit the ground a bunch? I mean, yeah, that's true. And I just scored those rounds. So, um, like he said, I had it 117, um, 110. Good fight, but no justification for one-point decision when the kid Gutierrez had three knockdowns in his favor. And he said it has to be 116, 111. So he had it 8-4 to four for Gutierrez as far as the scorecard minimum. That's, or I'm sorry, maximum. Otherwise, he had it 117. And I said, well, and he's talking about justification for a one-point decision when he scored three knockdowns. Well, besides, and I, I said to him, besides the justification that he scored round by round, and there's no way, 117-112, his scorecard is 9-3. to three. Like, what? There's just no way I could find 9-3 to three there. I'm sorry, not sorry. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, nah. That's just not happening. It didn't. It didn't. Happen. It didn't go down like that. It didn't go down like that. But either way, a damn good fight. Really, really fun fight. And uh, you know, Gutierrez did his thing, dude. He snuck it out. He snuck it out, dude. You got to give him a lot of credit for that. Um, what was I gonna say? It's been a while since this happened, I suppose, but. Uh, Ioka and Tanaka fought, and it wasn't as much of a brawl as a lot of people thought, including myself. Ioka handled business. Uh, he was a lot more disciplined, a lot more craftier, a lot more skillful, um, and his jab was very effective. He landed 73 to 23, overall 174 to 89. Uh, they threw about the same amount of punches, but 35 to 17 percentage. Ioka gets the knockout stoppage. And uh, so that was that fight, too. I'm going to go ahead and bring in Carcino. Of course, Carcino for life. We are now live on Ropa Dope Radio. What's going on, Carcino? How the hell are you? How was your holiday hey. season? Uh, What's going on, buddy? How the hell are you, man? Uh, just, uh, oh, my God, the store is closing. Uh, I've just been really busy. Um. A store closing? Do you need to go in there real quick? Oh, no, the store. The family video store. No, I just I just drove past it and saw it. But, yeah, man, it's been crazy. It's been a crazy week around here. We tried to do everything we could, uh, you know, to get to the fight. I was trying to rush. So the only I missed the Gutierrez fight. Only fight I could see nah. was the Ryan, Gar- yeah, the Ryan Garcia fight. That was like the main event. I was like rushing, doing like sixty different things, going back and forth because of football. <laughs> and I was like, man, dude, in college football, I'm like the champions, dude. I was all over the place. 
<laughs> I'm losing money, but I was all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> Did you lose money on Ohio State? No, I had that right. <laughs> okay. now, if anybody okay. had something right, I had that right. I just didn't get the over-unders. No yeah, over-under okay, correct me. Yeah, that was beating oh, me off. I was having this game. I can't believe the over-under set the record now for the national championship. 75. 75 points for the national championship with Bama. This is this yeah. is the last chunk of years. Bama has opened up their offense so much more than they they used to back in the day, you know. And man, 75 though that over under is it's just I'm gonna go under, but it's just like damn, like it could be 50 to 30 or 50 to 20, and they could still be under. You know, it's crazy. All right, and I'm gonna definitely take the um, I'm taking the over. And I'm going under, my friend. I'm going under. I'm not going um, under. That's the bait. That's the trap. <laughs> I am going over, yeah. baby, because I'm like, I have been missing this all all this week. The over-under has been crushing it. I had all the wins. And it, I had North Carolina, it, the color, right. and everything. I'm like, I picked North Carolina because I said, North Carolina could win it. I'm winning all the games. I'm like, man, the parlay, man, I was doing great, and the over-under is killing me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I yeah mean, so that's how my weekend been. <laughs> yep. Well, let's talk about the Ryan Garcia fight. Uh, he gets dropped. Um, then he comes back up a couple rounds later, knocks him out to the body, clearly looking for the knockout in this fight, just flat-footed, I'm coming at you. Um, some people try to uh, – Try to extrapolate some things going against Tank next. I mean, both of them have showed that they could get hit in the last, you know, last fight or whatever. Um, but, you know, it, I'd say this. In the second round, that wasn't just some kind of random flash knockdown. You know, some people were like, oh, that was a flash. Like, no, dude, his arms were floating. Like, it wasn't just a little flash. But you got to give him credit because he came back up, got his wits together, and kept walking his ass down. What do you think of the performance? And then obviously after, we got to talk about a potential fight with uh, Javante Jake Davis. Well, obviously, um, the fight was very interesting from the, you know, the offset. I think this was, stylistically, it favors Garcia. Um, you know, Luke Campbell is a, is a crafty fighter, but he's more still like a green in a lot of areas, even though he was successful in the amateur. He's still a little green in a certain area. And I don't think he's a, a, a third of enough fighter to come forward. He's kind of a counterpuncher. And he kind of catches you with a counter shot and then starts his offense. And he kind of baits you for one big shot. And then I think he needs to not be so stagnant and, you know, give him give his opponent different looks. And in the first round, he was trying to see what Ryan was going to do, let him come out and open up so he can catch him. And Ryan walked right into it. And I was like, wow. It was unbelievable, man, that first round. And I always say, I was like, man, why does Ryan Garcia, he fight with his chin just swinging. I mean, his chin is hanging right in the air. He yeah, up high. Way up high. Like, is lightning up, can right. hit that motherfucker. Lightning can hit it. Right. so high. And I'm looking like his chin is just sailing out there, 
And I'm like, if somebody clips that chin, and Luke caught him in the first round with the with the left, the same punch that dropped him. He caught him with it, and he stuck his tongue out like, ah, like, like that's nothing. And I'm like, okay, but you can't you can't take those punches. You know what I mean? Because I was like, oh, that was a good left because he was being set up for, a, like, power shot. And Luke was setting him up for it. I wish Luke would have been assertive, you know, keeping him off balance with a jab, giving, you know, uh, giving Ryan Garcia something different. You know, by throwing a jab off of him, and you're messing up his time, and he's going to have to reset. So just throwing a jab out instead of throwing a pawing jab out, you know, just trying to, you know, measure. And that's all he was doing. He was like Paul jabbing instead of really jabbing. And he was having a high guard, and he was too far out. He didn't have his distance down. And when you throw up the high guard and you're a southpaw, you're putting your liver at risk. You're turning your liver towards your opponent. So he gets to slap you with a powerful hook to your body right on the liver. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. No yeah, about so that. in the second round, the second round and third rounds, um, the second round, when he caught him with the shot, that was no flash knockdown. That was a legitimate knockdown. He didn't see the punch. Ryan was getting ready to throw a punch because, you know, young, he doesn't know how to be patient. He doesn't have the patience to relax and let the game, you know, let the fight come to him. So when he sat there and he threw his punch, oh, okay, really, lady? <laughs> She's just like, I'm going to go. I don't care what you do. I'm like, all right. Stop signs, buddy. Yep. So <laughs> anyway. She's like, I he threw my that left. I'll do whatever I want. Yeah, like she's the only one that does it. Yeah. That's funny. So I pay my taxes. <laughs> well, anyway, but when he I caught him with the left, yeah, I pay my taxes. I can do what I want. You're like, well, not in my house. <laughs> All right, Becky. All right, Becky. <laughs> so, uh. Yeah, so anyway, when he caught him, he caught him with a straight left, and he hit him so hard. It was a hard, stiff left. It was like a hook, but it wasn't a hook, really. It was really like a power punch, just a straight left. It was stiff, sharp, on the point. But the what made it worse is Ryan never saw it because he was looking to land a punch. He was going to throw a right hand. So when he got clipped, boom, it was like, oh, shut down. Went down on the floor immediately. I mean... His arms was all the way out to the side, and sure, he got up like, man, he knew the embarrassment, like, gosh, I just got knocked down. You know, and he yeah. got up, and he, his head cleared. You know, he was in tremendous shape for the fight. And, you know, he started bringing the fight to Campbell. You know, after he, you know, he got himself back together. You know, Campbell was, a, you know, a little too patient for my liking. Right. But... In that situation, but you know he was doing the right thing. But Ryan brought the fight to him after that point, and I don't think Luke Campbell, uh, you know, he landed some good shots, and Ryan took it. Like, but he was still—it's just one, no combinations, nothing else new. It was just one, and that's it. And he was just being kept off balance and on the back of his heels because Ryan's is too fast for him. So stylistically. The fight was designed for him to be annihilated. 
you know, with uh, Ryan Garcia beating him to the punch and going to the body, but he was going to show people he can go round. So this is why the fight was appealing. Do you think that he probably should have went a little bit harder, though, for it? Because obviously, like, in the second round, Campbell didn't go for it at all. He could have maybe stepped the gas a little bit, because after all, he ended up getting knocked out anyway. Yeah, I mean, my thing is, I felt he should have, he should have, like, okay, when Ryan was coming out, you know, trying to show something, the kid's going to make a mistake. There was some openings. I think he was trying to, you know, find a spot, but he couldn't get past the jab. And he couldn't get past the speed. And the reason why is because he wasn't never jabbing. He was like, you're not jabbing. You got to put a jab out there. You got to yeah. throw something with some commitment. You're basically pawing and looking for one shot with your right hand so you can land a big left. You know, it's like you're not gonna you're not gonna win at this level. You got to keep elbows in. You cannot have a high guard and be that far out. You got to keep elbows in, especially as a southpaw. You're turning your liver right to the to the kill shot. I mean, your liver gets hit there, you're done. This is why southpaws was taught to fight conventional because when you fight conventional, you got your liver on the other side. It's far away to be getting hit directly from a right hook. <laughs> your body is naturally designed to keep your liver away <laughs> from a, yeah. a conventional fighter's um, <laughs> position. I'm like, you a southpaw? I don't mention that ever. You know, that's a great point. I haven't really ever heard that. Uh, talked about much. Yeah, I've talked about it pretty much a lot. <laughs> Whenever there's a softball and a, a conventional fighter, I mean, it did it did zap Judah in when he fought Floyd, the fourth round, and Floyd hit him with that body shot, a left hook oh, oh, to the body. I felt bad for and that, that turned, body after that fight. Yeah, and it destroyed him right after that. Zab was doing really good. Floyd hit him with that left to the body, right on the liver, and Floor. I mean, Zap was done. He was zapped. All his energy was gone. He got hit on that liver, and he never got his body back. Floyd hit him with that shot, and it was over. It was powerful. Then he had to go to plan B. And that's why. Yeah, and that's what happens he had when to go you to are in softball. And that's playing ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but that's what happens when you... That's what happens when you're a softball. You, it's hard for you to throw a counter shot or have a high guard when you're a softball because if you turn your you turning your liver right into the kill spot, left hooks to the body, is right there, and that's exactly what he caught him with, right on the liver. Bam! Left, and he had the high guard up, and he doesn't have the distance, and he's moving right into the kill spot, and he's not squared up. Or got his body on his body's right on line to get tagged. As soon as he did it, I knew it was over. I said, he's not getting up. He's not going to get up. Yeah. <laughs> he was done. You could see it just ricocheted and go throughout his whole body on his back and shit. It was like, ooh. Yeah. And that yeah. reverb. That was a lot of reverb. Yeah, he couldn't get up. I was like, you're not going to be able to get up, buddy. You might as well just lay there. You're not getting up. But uh, he wasn't winning rounds to me. Uh, and I said, nah. it, it just was academic. I mean, that. I mean, he got the knockdown. He got the embarrassment moment for Ryan Garcia. Because now it was like, okay, everybody can see the Sharks is in the water now. All they needed to do was to <laughs> see him fall. 
and that's it. And everybody knows. And he's talking about Tank Davis. I'm like, Tank would, would hurt this kid. And I was like, let's he has no idea. Let's yeah, talk let's about, talk that, about that. A lot of people, Carcino, are talking about, well, Leo hit him. It's like, I hear you. That is true. Leo can hit people. I don't know if you know that. You know, like, he has a jab. He's a damn good fighter. He beat the fighter of the year that had beaten him to get the fight of the year. So everybody was just dogging on Leo like he's garbage. I understand the 130 thing, but, but let's put Leo in. Leo is better than Campbell uh, on a world level at a weight class that are healthy. That's just a fact. But So they both got hit, um, no doubt, but we've seen Gervonta with that tight guard, covering up with the elbows tight, upper body movement, head movement, and when he really got in any kind of potential trouble with Leo, you saw him flash that drop levels, and, and you saw pretty fundamental defense. He wasn't just walking him down, but a lot of people say, hey, they both got hit in the last fight. It's anybody's game, whoever's going to hit him first. And, you know, you know, uh, I mean, Garcia's fast, but is Tank slow? You know what I mean? Tank's not slow. And give them those exchanges, and let's see what happens. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. It's not that. Tank hit way harder than Ryan Garcia. And this is – Tank hits like a middleweight. And when people don't – people don't realize that until they get hit, Ryan Garcia will get hurt messing with Tank Davis. He's got speed, Ryan Gar- but Ryan Garcia doesn't have the dis- – He did- that would be the foolish thing for Oscar De La Hoya to do, to put that kid in there with Tank. Tank can hit him one time, and that fight is over. I mean, over. Ryan Garcia's whole life will change if he gets hit by Tank, Javante Tank Davis. It's, it's not going to even be pretty for him. He makes too many mistakes. He keeps his chin way too high. Tank knows his power. I mean, Ryan's got speed, and he can get to spots and win rounds. It's not about yeah. winning rounds. You could be winning, looking pretty. Your chin is in the air. You're going to want to trade back if you get hit. You don't know how to get hit. Be patient and wait and set things up and kind of bait and set traps. He just knows, I got to be first, be fast. You know, like Cobra Kai, strike first, strike hard. <laughs> so he's out yeah. there. You know, Mayweather. Mayweather for 90 days is going to be in his ear talking about don't worry about exchanging back, you know, having him be more calm. And he's already showed being more calm uh, in the ring than, than uh, you know, Garcia at this point, uh, Dramante has. Right. I mean, he's more seasoned. So, you know, and that's what I'm saying. Sometimes they can rush fighters along to make money like they did with Fernando Vargas. I felt like they rushed Fernando Vargas and his career. The same thing with Ryan Garcia, you know, like go, Golden Boy didn't lost Canelo. They're not eating off him anymore. So they need a new right. meal ticket, and now Ryan Garcia is it. You know, they were forced to pay him the money they didn't feel he deserved. But now they were like, okay, well, now we got to put you in the big fights. And he was like, great, that's what I want. Put me in the big fight. In the short run, you know, that's, it's not going to necessarily be the thing that you want. You know, I mean, it hasn't – well, it's been because of COVID. We can't really say, but it's not like he's a big draw. He's a – you know, his, the most of his fans are 16-year-olds, and they don't sit around and watch boxes. 
So they got to get the boxing and they're gonna fans stream interested. That shit anyway, they're going to steal exactly. that Exactly. Hey, right. They're going to be watching clips of him getting knocked down. They're not going to watch the fight. They're not knowing what's going on. <laughs> you know, but to get the casual people, the adults, you're going to have to bring results. You're going to have to build up, you know, and get victories and start doing other things. Other doors are open for you. But he could sell it. I give him that. You know, he's got a mouthpiece. He could sell it. He's so arrogant, but you see the flaws. And other fighters are licking their chops. They're just waiting to get the opportunity to fight this kid. You know, so, right. you know, the the errors are there, but, you know, he has some good qualities. The good qualities is he's not afraid. Yes. You know, he like he's not afraid. It. He wants it tomorrow. He wants to get in there. He wanted it just right. Yet. Right, yeah. so he wants to get in there and fight. Carcino did say that he was going to do the call out, and then he lived up to his call out too. You know. Yeah, I mean, that was it. You know, and that's the thing. They like fighters. That's that seems to be the new thing now. It's calling other fighters out, even though they have no intentions right. of ever fighting them. You know, but <laughs> he wants to fight these guys apparently. But yeah, called the call out thing is important. Like, yo, you got to call yeah. him out. I'd be like, dude, you're calling out somebody that's two weight classes above you. It don't matter. He's called him out. Yeah, right, oh, yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Make it realistic. You got Gary Russell Jr. talking about Crawford and shit. That, that's true. That is, that is a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. He's running from him. He called but him I out. That. I, respect, yeah. I respect that Garcia looks like he really does want this fight, and he's staying on him. You know, he's making sure that we're going to get this fight done because I'm going to keep saying, now he's saying two rounds and all that type of thing. And it's not like we're saying uh, Gervonta doesn't have some flaws, but most of those flaws are his out-of-the-ring, I'm-out-of-shape flaws. It's not, once he gets in camp, and it's not a fat camp, because it does seem like he's back working out anyway, um, that's been his biggest flaw. When he's 100% to go, there's not a whole lot of flaws with him. No, and he hits pretty hard. So I'm like, you, it depends on which tank you're going to get. But tank is going to fight Lomachenko in his next fight. That's that's the next fight for tank is uh, the Lomachenko fight on pay per view. That's going to happen in a couple of months. They're going to set this up. They're working out the details with Floyd and uh, Bob. But Floyd wants to make the fight happen. Bob wants to make the fight happen. So. Um, Tank, I mean, Lomachenko's going down. He's, you know, he's uh, sure. not going to fight at 135. He's going to do it. The fight's going to be at 130. And that's um, that's where the fight's going to take place. So it's going to be an, an interesting fight. And I'm like, if, well, I had a nickel, if I had a nickel or a dime for every time Carcino said something on the show, and then a couple weeks later it gets announced, I'd have a lot of nickels, my friend. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, they, they, Floyd really wants to make the fight. Uh, Aaron really wants to make the fight. Lomachenko wants to rematch and wants to kind of stay at 135, but T.O. Fimo, but Aaron's like, it's, it's no, after your surgery, just come back, fight Tank Davis. You know, you've already proved what you can do at 35. Fight Tank Davis. You and know, that'll and, sell, too. That'll sell. 
Right. You know, this pay-per-view, we're going to put it on pay-per-view, and, you know, you can get your money that way, and it's a big fight. It makes sense, you know, at 1.30, and, you know, they're really confident they could beat Lomachenko and, like, knock him out, and Tank can stop him. So Floyd really wants to put that play. Floyd been thinking like that for years. He wanted Lomachenko for Tank. He has been studying Lomachenko fights and going over it and looking at everything and saying, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? He's been going over everything. And the reason why he's been doing that is because he's been scouting him so he can get Tank ready. He's like, Tank can take him. Tank can take him. And he wanted to get the fight and wanted Tank to be the one to stop him. He was mad that Teofimo got the shot. And he was like, I told you. Like, he, as soon as the fight was over, like, I told you. He's too big. He's too big for him. He's too big for him. He couldn't, he couldn't, he can't deal with that. Now, what, what, what's going to happen when Tank hit him? He's like, Tank going to stop him, though. Tank going to stop him. I was going to say, so, he can still send a huge message by knocking him out, you know? Yeah, and that's what Floyd wants to put him in there with Tank because he thinks Tank can catch him and Tank can cut him off. You know where Tank can get him at. And he's like, when Tio, Tio Fimo got him at, Tank can get him there. But Tank can get him there a little quicker. And he's saying when Quay Tank hit him, it's going to be a whole new world. And he's like, seeing how Lomo responds to power, he, he cowers. He doesn't right. go towards it. And he said when he gets hit with something powerful, he retreats. And if you do that with Tank, he's going to walk through you. He's not going to be like Teofimo who's going to stay disciplined and jab. And if he sees you reacting like he's going to close the gap and move in. He's more ferocious than Teofimo. So and he's like Tank, he believes it's way harder than Teofimo. He's like Tank hits way harder than that. And I was like, I've seen Tank hit in the gym. He does have, like, just freakish power. It's just unreal. But his the thing about Tank is, like, he's like a smaller Mike Tyson. The only person that could beat him is him. <laughs> and that, in that situation, the only thing that could really beat him is him. If he comes in on right and on point and hitting angles and doing the things right. he's supposed to do, everything's going to fall in line for him. I don't I don't see anybody that's really can give him any problems. Especially in his division right now. I mean everybody thinks what about Devin Haney is the guy. Four? What about Oh yeah, now, or, Gary uh, Russell Jr. That's the only guy yeah. that'll beat him. Gary Russell Jr. would beat him. Hands down. He he would not beat Gary Russell Jr. Gary Russell Jr. is more polished, plus he has a psychological advantage over these guys. You know, he basically can just bully them, and they're done. They can't deal with Gary Russell Jr. He can fight going backwards. He can fight on angles. Uh, the only thing that messed him up was the Lomachenko fight. Stylistically, the Lomachenko fight, him fighting the guy was as yeah, much speed as him. Yeah. yeah, it just it screwed him up, but he was like his nutritionist messed him up, and he's so slowed. And I have to admit, that was the slowest I've ever seen him in my life, but he just got destroyed. And it almost yeah, ruined yeah. him completely. And now he's trying to get all these fights with Lomas, with uh, Leo Santa Cruz, all these fights. He's like, come on, I got to get hey. these fights. I'm the, I got the champ. I've been the champion longer than all these guys. You know, and they all ducking me. So if Gary Russell so, Jr. fights any of them, they cannot win. 
Right. None of them can beat him. That's the thing about Gary Russell Jr. He can stay in the pocket with you and trade. He can beat you far back. He can beat you all the yeah. way around the board. You will not beat him. Yeah, you're right. He can him. move, busy work, speed. He can yeah. you know, angles like speed. you said with the pivot. He, he, he's got all four. Yeah, he's not going to power punch you to death, but right. what he can do and, but he can punch. and with his talent, yeah, he can punch, and he'll get the respect. And he's going to just basically beat you down. You might get dropped. He's a great body puncher. I mean, he throws great body shots to be an amateur. So the thing about him is Mr. Gary Russell Jr. will be hard to beat. The only thing that's beating him or probably can catch him is his age. You know, I don't know about, you know. Yeah, inactivity, I guess, too, you know, in a sense. He stays in the gym, but he's not active in the ring per se. Uh, so that could catch up to him. How about uh, Shakur and Haney? How do you like those matchups, Shakur, Javante, and Haney, Javante? Uh, Devin Haney, uh, he's got the size to give Tank problems because he's big, and and then he fights at a discipline, like keeping his uh, range and distance away. It all depends. I think if Tank hits him, he hasn't been in there with anybody that could really crack. You know, somebody right. is – and that's that's when you're really going to test someone's metal. I want to see what he's going to look like when somebody actually cracks him in the in the head and he goes, whoa. When he goes, whoa, or he's got to feel and deal with that <laughs> adversity, then we're going to find out what he's made of. And we, we haven't yet to find that out because no one's been able to push these guys. So when you are going on, the situation's changed. And when you're in there with tanks, you get hit by a tank, that's going to turn the fight around. And, and Devin Haney falls asleep in the ring. I've seen that happen. And he's, and he's getting hit with shots. Yeah, he shouldn't even bored. Yeah, and because the fight's just so easy for him or not real talent, he falls asleep and he got caught yeah. a couple of times with some fish shots. And yeah. I'm like, man, please, you get hit by a tank like that, you fall asleep in a tank fight, you're going to be waking up, somebody's going to tell you what's happening. Yeah, so I'm right. like, that fight is interesting. Devin Haney's going to be trying to find spots and kick and jab and stay back and all these different things. But when Tank closed the distance on that kid, it, and if he hits Devin Haney, you know, I, I just don't think these guys really understand because they're young any time. I think Devin Haney in about two, three years, True. if he fights Tank, in about two years or three years, then we can see. Because right now, they're too young. They're sure. too green. Like him and Ryan Garcia, yeah, that's true. they're thinking of fighting each other right now. Let them go ahead and get developed, uh, and then they can they can move on from there. You know, let them, let them actually get a chance to grow. You know, that's what, that's what I've been thinking lately. I'm just like, man, they need time to grow. And so far, none of them had time to really grow with each other. Yeah, the fans always think of it from just a fan perspective. Like, no, nah, dude, next. Oh, yeah. Got to be next. Like, yeah. dude, right, right. It's got to be another big fight right now. We need a big fight right now. Okay, we got to have it. Let's go. Who are you fighting next? I mean, as soon as the fight over, he can't even enjoy the victory. Who are you fighting next? That sucks. <laughs> what, you, what else you got? <laughs> yeah, that's so sucks. A, it, Slow that out. Like, yeah. Man, luckily, these, these dudes weren't around like in the black and white days when dudes were fighting 10 times a year, but seven of them were 
club fighters. You know, they'd be like, oh, this guy sucks. He's a bum. I'm not putting him in the Hall of Fame because he fought seven club fighters in one year, but yet he had three huge fights, though. You know, it's funny how people say that, man. It's real. Oh, yeah. And then they'll, they'll, the second he gets knocked out, they'll be on his ass, too. Oh, you, you, see, you were nothing. You were this, you were that. And, oh, I thought you wanted him to challenge himself. Which one is it, you know? And right. Shakur, yeah, you, you can't Shakur roll has for a lose. pretty good chance style-wise or what? You think Shakur, uh, Shakur Stevenson, uh, has... yes. I think he's finally at his weight class. I think this is the perfect weight class for him. Uh, his body is filling out at this weight class. Um, he's more poised. Like, if he, if he fought Ryan Garcia or something, I think he would beat Ryan Garcia. I think he would beat Ryan Garcia easy. His style is more pro-ready. Now he's looking a, a little bit more polished right now than him or even Haney right now. I would favor I would favor uh, uh, Stevenson. He does you know, I mean, yeah, he's he's he a little bit more polished. Game really well. Yeah. He did, and um, I'm, I, I like the way they're developing him and mixing him up with different styles and talent, and this is why you have to do this when the fighter, you're bringing them up. They have to fight different yep. styles, uh, that's top different rank. approaches. That's top rank, though, right? Yeah, top rank, yeah that's man. what they, they do. Still, they're they good at that. They're the best at developing. Yeah, and I'm like, I try to tell people that. They're just not finding a stiff, you know, who's going to fight for 300 bucks and then just jump in the ring. And you're building some guy's record up. You're actually developing your fighter. You know, he's got to go up against different styles just so you can see what he struggles with, what he doesn't struggle with, <laughs> you know, what he's really good at, and so what he can shine on with. So you can down the road when you make that big fight, you can <laughs> you know what you know how much danger your fighter could be in. And you know how to strengthen right. it, you know. You know, fortunately for Floyd, when he was fighting, you know, he fought in the amateur ranks where they actually traveled out the country. You know, they got to fight Cuban. Uh, they got to fight uh, all different styles, Russians, the Mexican styles. So you get to fight how, you know, more European fighters. So you're not fighting just locals. You're fighting guys with actually different approaches to defeating you. So you can adjust when you face it when you're a pro. And unfortunately, you know, the, our boxing has not been, you know, the USA boxing hasn't been what it used to be. Yeah, the funding. You know, right, the funding and everything else. So, you know, traveling or fight facing, you know, stiff talent or somebody who's, uh, you know, somebody who's a worthy opponent or someone like they have the number one ranked fighter in the nation, he can barely fight. You're like, wow, this guy's the number one rank in this in this city. Like, what happened? He's like, well, well, his father's on the committee, so you know, <laughs> it's like really bad. And then I'm like, but this is this is what we're gonna send to the Olympics? And then that yeah, person the get whacked. Trials, <laughs> the whole trials thing, like you know, once you get behind a, a fighter, they're gonna get to the Olympics. You know, exactly. Whoever can raise the most money, that's the one that's going to the Olympics. It's like, well. She's got like yeah. uh, about a thousand people that showed up to watch her fight, so we're gonna send her. But right. she got beat every round. It's like, yeah, it don't matter. The other girl, nobody really knows. And that's and unfortunately, that's how Danny Garcia didn't go to the Olympics. You know, yep. he got robbed in the in the uh, trials to go to the Olympics. I think he was an alternate 
They had him as an like alternate. That. Yeah, ultimate. Yeah, because the, like the guy he lost to, the, you know. Yeah, the uh, I think he lost to the Diaz brothers, or and you know they they run that Arizona, kind of Texas, California, that whole circuit down there. So they brothers was going back and forth. <laughs> you know, his brother went to the Olympics, so his brother was going to represent the Olympic team, and Danny Garcia got screwed, and Angel was losing his mind. <laughs> but it's like you lost the politics. But Danny ended up having a better career because you knew he was the better fighter. They did right. that with Terrence Crawford. Terrence Crawford got uh-huh. robbed in the trial. <laughs> you know, somebody posted that on the on the uh, I think the internet. They showed the fight and the decision went down, and this guy won, and the whole place is just like erupted in like disbelief. But that's the politics of the game. So. Yeah, Anything but I mean, else that you want to up. cover it all, man? I mean, obviously, oh, no, the next no, couple weeks much, yeah. quiet, but all right. <laughs> I mean, you yeah, did break I... you did break a news story, so I mean, I guess I can't complain, right? <laughs> Javante against Loma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Loma Chico and uh, Tank. That's gonna happen this year and on pay per view. They they just gonna finalize everything, get it set up. So, you think they're going to try to yeah. go for May? You think they're going to try to take Cinco de Mayo? I don't know yet um, what the date is, but it's supposed to be early this year. They wanted to get it done. They were just trying to see. Like, mostly with them, it's location. They're just waiting to see where yeah. they can find a place where they can have people come in right. and actually, you know, view it. Right. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you calling in, man. And, uh, Good luck in the uh, the the betting from the national championship game, and uh, we'll talk to you next week or, or soon after. Thank you. All right, Chris. All right, you guys know him, of course, by now. Carcino for life is the huge. Just so you know, he was, you know, and and I'll tell you what, he does have a point about that Loma fight, and you know. I'm not going to sit here and call it some bullshit fight all of a sudden either, you know, like some folks would, um, because he, you know, he took an L, um, and you know, 130 is a better weight class one too. I'll say that. Um, so as far as because there's there's not a whole lot this weekend. I mean, let's not get ourselves. Um, just a little bit more hype here um, on this Davis and Garcia stuff. Um, he says, I'm on a uh, – Ryan Garcia, he said this. I'm on a mission to knock out Javante Davis in two rounds. Javante, if you don't take the next fight with me, you'll be re- you will not be remembered. Your legacy will be forever tainted if you do not accept this fight. The money's there. Everything is there. There's no excuses. And Tank came back on Twitter saying, LOL, when, I, when have I ever been a B, a bitch? You know who you talk to. You know who you talk to ten minutes before the ring walk. The fight already been made. Now shut up and get ready. Hashtag the one. Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. Um. That's interesting. That's very interesting. See what I mean? They they talked about 
this type of stuff, you know, for a while. Like it's this this type of stuff usually doesn't necessarily come out per se, and it is. It is coming out. It really is, though. It really is. Um, I, of course, I got some messages about, you know, you duck this, you duck that. You were ducking, dog. You were ducking. Ducking Canelo news because, uh, because uh, you know, this. I think it was actually a couple people from the U.K., too, because the Eddie Hearn, you're ducking, you're ducking the, the Canelo news. Well, first of all, it wasn't news just yet. I did mention it, and you're right. I did run out of time. And didn't give my thoughts on the two fights. Um, this is Sirius XM uh, Boxing Radio. I think Ock and Barack. Eddie Hearn has confirmed that he is in talks with Canelo, Canelo's trainer manager, Ed Renozo, over a potential two-fight deal, which could see Canelo uh, versus Billy Joe Saunders in May after the, the Yiltrum fight in February. And... A lot of people, this is kind of a throwback move um, because of the quick turnaround. I mentioned after the fight a couple of weeks ago, uh, after the Canelo fight, and I said, well, he, he legit does have two weeks off, give or take, um, and then he could go back to eight, eight weeks of camp, or he could do two and a half, three weeks off and just do a seven-week camp for, for a few jump. And since it hasn't been much time, he could bounce back, get that done. Sounds like Guadalajara, you know, that it may be based in Guadalajara, which would be dope for him to return back to the home country. That'd be dope as hell. And that's what they're thinking. Um, You know, that would be dope. And that makes sense because I'm sure in February 27th is the working date, which kind of lined up with what I was talking about earlier. So, you know. I mean, that makes sense. And I've always said ever since he got cut free, it made sense not to fight plant on pay-per-view with, like, a month notice, you know, especially how these the run of pay-per-views we had to close the year. You know, there was really no way to build that in time. He took on Liam Smith, and now he wants to fight Yildrum. You know, he didn't fight last year until the end, so it's that extra money. I doubt it. It's not about keeping that belt, although if he gets that, if he keeps that belt, beats Yildrum, because we all think he's going to beat Yildrum. And, you know, David Benavides, which I got a little news on him, he would, at some point, I'm not going to say soon, like, the next fight or anything like that, but he would be the mandatory at some point. Now, we know the mandatory doesn't, you know, doesn't really mean anything because the franchise champion. And uh, I saw uh, Suleiman earlier saying, you know, there's a great reason there's three champs at, at you know at, at the WBC one thirty five. That is what it is. I mean, WBA, you know, they have eighteen champs. Anyway, um, so that's still I think that, but I've said it from the start. He's a free agent, and. Although Showtime seemed like they were ready to put up money for the Yildrum fight to be able to be in the business of Canelo. And there was a two to three fight deal option. I heard it was three fights that that Canelo actually did get um, offered to him from, from Al. So in the BBC, right? So I, I don't, I mean, 
if you could have Yuldrum, if you could let somebody else overpay for Yuldrum, and then only, you know, and then let them fight Billy Joe Saunders, and then move your guys into position for September and, and, and moving forward, that's not a bad idea either. And for DeZone, they just had Canelo, so that means some subs came back. They just had Ryan Garcia in the same month. So that's probably some new subs that signed up or the ones that were already signed up, especially like the Canelo casual, you know. Um, the hardcores are signed up anyway. But to keep to be able to tap back in for those who just rented it for a month, to be able to get February 27th as like almost a, a commercial, almost like cutting a promo. No offense against Yildrum, but he's not going to win the fight. So, And then you also kind of reinvigorate your home crowd, it would look dope as hell in a stadium um, and just the whole going home aspect. That that pumps up some stuff, right? And then you take another, like I mentioned, two weeks off, and boom, you're right, you know, it's sink of the mile. So, and then what makes sense even more for the zone, so 27, 1, 2, okay, 1, 2, I'm just talking about 3, 4, Five, six, seven, eight. Yep, it works out perfect. I don't know why I had to recheck that. <laughs> Getting a little old in the tooth, so you got you to make sure you're sharp. You know? um, I'm not 62, guys. Um, anyway, so yeah, that makes sense. And from Al's perspective, why not let him fight, you know, do the Yildrum thing? And maybe he only wants to do two fight deals and not a three or four or five. You know, I don't, I don't really know. But this isn't a surprise. I didn't think that Canelo would never fight on the zone because the biggest money fight is on the zone still with Golovkin. Now, I don't know if they'd be willing to give him $50 million for that fight this time around. Like, that was the rumor. That was the cop rumor. So, but if it's $30 million, I mean, how many $30 million fights does Al have for him right now? Fair question. So, you know, that doesn't surprise me. And then from DAZN, they just launched in the U.K., obviously. So having Liam Smith, right, having an earlier start with Garcia against Campbell, Campbell obviously being the U.K., and then turning around and on Cinco de Mayo, fighting Billy Joe Saunders, and people know him in the U.K. So it makes sense all around. And he said he wants to fight for titles. I mean, Billy Joe Saunders hasn't fought anyone for that title, really, unless you want to say Murray. But it's still a title. Obviously, Plant has a title. Potentially, Benavidez could have a title um, if he drops that belt after or whatever, once they call them. But the mandatory won't be called for a while because Yuldrum's the mandatory. So they're not going to call again, you know, real quick. Although, I guess they could have. Um, so why not? I mean, I don't think the Benavides right now just goes through the roof. Either do I with Plant. Now, Charlo, I think that would be the highest selling one just because what Charlo can bring to the promotion. And he's been at it a lot longer. He's been on um, a lot more popular cards, although they are starting to get Benavides. He was on that sense order. And, you know, but he's overall, he's been, even the Charlos at the Barclays Center on a Broner card, you know, that, like, they've just been in the limelight for a little bit longer, plus they've been on Fox, too. So, anyway, I think it, I think it makes sense for Canelo. Go get, a, go get an easy payday. Make up for some money you lost last year. 
Billy Joe Saunders stylistically, I think is just as good as Plant. Now Plant's had more. He's a lot more consistent because he he stays in shape year round. Where Billy Joe Saunders, you really never know what shape he's in. But I do think he's at the stage of his career where he is staying in a lot better shape. And his last fight, I'm not talking about like Murray being this great opponent or whatever at this point in his career. But what I saw out of Billy, I really, really liked. He was throwing hard punches. He was putting his punches together, and he looked to be in great shape. And now he knows that he's got a potential. I mean, he almost signed it anyway, Billy, with uh, the Canals, right? He was, he was probably going to get announced to fight, being the opponent. So now he knows he's going to be on his P's and Q's, you know, dotting his eyes, crossing his teeth. So I think uh, – I think that's legit. I actually think that'll happen. And then maybe in September, that'll be the real funky one. Will they just give it, just say, screw it, dude. We're going to give you the love kid and just have a Canelo that starts in December, have a Canelo year. You know, because if Ryan Garcia fights Tank, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it'll be on the zone. I don't think it'll be on the zone. Could be wrong, though. They could just you know, bring up that brink. I just don't think that they're going to let their competitor have that big of a fight on their, you know, having Hooker and Ramirez, it's such a good deal for Bob and Ramirez that they're like, yeah, dude, that's a lot of money considering what we got out there right now for money. Josh Taylor is a perfectly great fight, but, you know, it's not a huge money fight like, like that all of a sudden was. At the time, I'm saying, he can still make as much money now as he did, but, you know, that was already two summers ago. So, um, I just don't think they'd allow that, 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 that down, like, the amount of streams legally and illegally that would get and to help out the zone that much, I just don't think the comp would do that. I hope I'm wrong in the future, but I just I just don't think – that and you got your own TV deals to worry about. All of them do. So you gotta, you know, you can't help out the competition that much. People gotta realize that. I know they want to screw the politics, but it's kind of like when Mannix and Coppinger and all these said, "I'll get rid of pay-per-view." So Al's supposed to go back in the office with Fox Sports and say, "Okay, here's the thing." Mannix and Coppinger have come up with a couple of great ideas lately. We're gonna get rid of pay-per-view. Um, even though we're going to big up the UFC who does 13 of them a year, but we're going to get rid of it. So can we rework our deal? So there's so Al's supposed to rework his network deal that, by the way, Mannix didn't think he could get and was saying it was dead in the water. He got the deal. Now he needs to retool the deal to, to you know, come on. Like, you got to be realistic. A lot of people love to talk about business, and then we bring up business stuff just with, you know, common sense, right? This isn't some kind of boardroom thing. None of us are in the boardrooms. Sorry. I know you may think that. Just like uh, pro matchmakers on Twitter. Everybody's a matchmaker on Twitter. Anyway, I wouldn't be shocked if that Lomachenko Davis spot, you know, spot (laughs) fight happened either. I really wouldn't. I don't think he's that far off. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure which way that goes. Um, 
let me see. Let's get to, we're going to finish the show with a bunch of fight news. And, of course, our boxing Twitter segment where we uh, highlight some boxing Twitter fanboys and some media members that could be seen as fanboys, (laughs) you know, Um, because it it gets bad. Here's some random news. Um, Khabib, I'm just reading this now, it's from BoxingScene.com. Khabib's manager says they received huge offer to box Mayweather. Mayweather's already setting up his next fight. And I believe this is from Dubai or something like that, uh, something in the Middle East or, or somewhere in that region. Maybe Saudi, not sure. But according to his manager, Khabib, his client, was offered $100 million to have a boxing match with former, um, it says, divisional world champion, five-division champion, Floyd Mayweather. Um, so, and... Dana White's on board. Of course he's on board. That's as much money. That, especially when the guy's, you know, um, retired. So you're not going to make any money in the UFC. You might as well make some money. Listen, we got offered 100 milli to fight Floyd Mayweather. Dana White was on board. Everybody was on board. But, you know, Khabib is an MMA fighter. If Floyd wants to come fight MMA, get his little ass whooped, no problem. <laughs> Always, like every month, people call me and they ask me, you going to fight Floyd? If we pay you $100 million, it's like crazy. I want to be focused on who's that? Oh, he's got one more fight? I want to be focused on every month somebody Saudi or Everest. Okay. Oh, maybe that's his client. Anyway, um, so there's that. <laughs> there is that. Um, and then Demetrius Andre, kind of interesting. He said he's, there was this like picture posted with him and Billy Joe Saunders. And by the way, before anybody talks about Andre Duck and Saunders, that's just nonsense. Cause they already, two years ago, they did sign a fight. And Billy Joe Saunders is the one that uh, got out of that fight. Well, he didn't get out of it, but he popped for a PED. That may have been a nonsense chemical thing that was on the list on this list and not on the list in the for UCAD in the UK. It probably, it could have been just some bullshit. I'm not going to act like that's not the case. It could have been. But the point is, they signed the fight, and he popped on a test. So you can't put that on Andre. Um, but he says, I'm willing to take a pay cut. I'm willing to take less. I'm willing to take the same amount of money that I'd make fighting Joe Schmo or Leon Williams. Not to put those two together. <laughs> or, you know, that's what he said. That's what he said. He said, I'm ready. I'll take a pay cut to fight Billy Joe Saunders. The problem is, Billy Joe Saunders seems to be, like, lined up for May and Canelo Alvarez. But this is what he said to Chris Mannix on the SI Boxing Podcast. Um, he's usually he's willing to forego his usual uh, high-figure purse demand for a title fight. This is what I'm willing to do. I'm willing to take less money, the same amount of money for the mandatory Liam Williams. I would take the money to I would take that money to fight Billy Joe Saunders just to show him. This is what I want, this is what I deserve, this is what I'm gonna take. Um, everybody. Zone match from me, WBO, we're gonna take it to another level now. That's what I'm trying to do. Win, lose, or draw. Um, and the whole now is the key word because he hasn't always, you know, gone uh, that full route. 
So, yeah, actually, um, there is some other fight news I'll get to. I do want to highlight this. I almost forgot this clip with Mannix. Um, you know, I mean, he's, he's talking about – I mean, this is Mannix's tweet, so I'm not coming on him on some weight left stuff or something. Couldn't be more amped about Garcia Campbell, and call me crazy, you will, but I see Garcia with his ability to single-handedly transform – the ability to single-handedly transform a fan base as potential one of the most important fighters in recent history. This is what he's saying. Check it out. I think, and it might sound hyperbolic, but I think Ryan Garcia is the most important boxer of the century. I think the- of the century. And, you know, Mayweather didn't fight on pay-per-view till 2003, so... Let's keep that in mind. Same with Pacquiao, uh, even later than that. Success of Ryan Garcia could lead to a transformation of boxing in ways that it desperately tried to over the last 20 years. You think about it, boxing's audience traditionally skews older. It's not a favorite of some of the younger kids of the world. They watch basketball. They watch football. They're not watching boxing in the kind of numbers that boxing wishes they were watching it. Ryan Garcia. But we know that's because it went to HBO and then later Showtime, and and it's on pay per view. <laughs> that that's the reason why they're not on ABC anymore. They're not on CBS. They're not on NBC. They're on Fox though. They're on Fox, uh, just not the same exact setup, right? Um, but to have fighters in the 2000s like Oscar, you know, like. Floyd Mayweather and like Pacquiao, to say that is, is hyperbole at this point, let's be honest. A youthful following. The almost 8 million Instagram followers, well, I can even guess there are people like you and me, but generally speaking, they're not, well, you might be, but generally speaking, they're not older people. They're kids in their teens and early 20s who are watching Ryan who want to be like Ryan Sergio. I go around, I talk to friends of mine who have you know, kids in their, in their teenage years, they all want to watch Ryan Garcia. Right. And I'm going to not play that long. Um, but the point of the growth, it, it, it makes a ton of sense, though. I'm not trying to completely, t- you know, take his points all the way. It just to say what he's saying, for what he's accomplished thus far, you just need to pump the brakes. That's all. And you happen to be the broadcaster on the platform he's on. You know what I mean? So that's another hyperbole part. But the the thing he's going to have to do is to get these teenage kids on Instagram in early 20s. And as they get out of school, as they get out of college, some of them, as they get into the world so they can have some income, that's what he's going to have to bring these from whatever, 13 to 20-something He's going to have to get these people into their 20s. And on the way, even when, I mean, there's plenty of times when I was 16 or 15 or 14 where we didn't have a lot of money per se because we were kids, but we found a way to get enough money or a dad would pay for a pay-per-view or whatever. There there definitely is that. That is for sure. Um, But once you get into your 20s, then you're pretty much pitching with your buddies in for the fight. So that'll be what will be interesting to see. Are these people kids, and a lot of them are girls too, are they willing to pay 
for a ticket to go watch boxing. And that's where we're going to have to see if he can turn it into that, where he can create these 20 and 30 and 50. And like Pacquiao and Mayweather, $72 million. That's basically how much the Super Bowl live gate makes, about $75, $8 million. So they did that in one night, the Super Bowl. So to say that he's going to do all that, he has potential for that. No doubt about it. And it's it's awesome that he's with Canelo. It's awesome that Canelo is in his corner totally. And that helps his popularity amongst the hardcore boxing and even some of the Canelo casual fans. That helps a lot. So but that that's just hyperbole at this point though. That that's a little too, you know, high for me. And I'd like to get high. Um anyway, um it sounds like here's some fight news and, like I said, boxing Twitter where we break down the fanboys or media members acting like fanboys. We just did that, didn't we? Um, this is from BadLeftHook.com. Uh, a would-be heavyweight contender will look to avenge his 2020 big upset loss. Adam Konoski against Robert Hellenius. It'll be on Fox or Showtime. It was on Fox, uh, what was that, Martin. That was like the last one, right? Um, or one of the last ones. I think that was the last weekend. Yeah, I think that's the last weekend. Um, so I really like that fight. A lot of people, sh- you know, shat on that fight. They really shit on that fight. And then they, you got beat. You know, so that was always kind of funny to me. Um, but that's, uh, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, well, are you sure? But yeah, anyway. Um, that's kind of interesting. Here's something else that's interesting. Uh, Vasily Lomachenko, this is Ring Magazine. Vasily Lomachenko on Teofimo Lopez. I don't give him any credit because he fought exactly the way I prepared for. I think someone asked me to do this tweet over because I think it cut cut off on me. You know, it'll cut off at the end. So if I didn't get this one out, here you go. Because um, someone mentioned something about it. I think this is it. I, this is Lomachenko on Tiafimo. I don't give him any, any credit, <laughs> any credit, because he fought exactly the way I was prepared for. He fought exactly the way he was, you were prepared for. He didn't look prepared in the first six, seven rounds, uh, six rounds. Uh, if he thinks he's a real champion by this fight, which he just got lucky, then fight me again. To give him no credit and then say he just got lucky, I mean – Seriously? Here's something else uh, with the Snow Queen on YouTube or channel. People don't lose the way I lost this fight, and people don't become undisputed champions the way Lopez did. Come on, dude. But we've talked about this plenty of times. It happens, you know. People just can't accept how they lost. And, and I remember I went over the Klitschko stuff years ago. George Foreman got drugged, Wilder got, you know, oh, uh, somebody spiked by water. Bunch of different stuff. It happens. It's a lot harder than people think it is after you lose in front of millions of people. Uh, uh, the WBC Prez, Mauricio Herrero, Herrero, excuse me, um, Haney has two mandatories. That's what he's saying. We kind of knew this going. 
and um, one of them, Javier Fortuna, which he was in the mix. He was going to get the Linares fight until Linares got uh, Goldberg. And then the Garcia Campbell winner, obviously, which is Garcia. So um, they're trying to put that stuff together. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I heard actually a rematch between uh, Jean Pascal and Badu Jack. Um, actually, heard it in a couple places. Um, I think that uh, one of the places was Copybox. He, uh, it was. I, I would like that rematch. I think that's a fun rematch because they're both, you know, in the point of their career where it's like, okay. Um, here's an interesting fight that I really like. Actually, this is from Cop, good old Coppinger or whatever you want to say. Sources: Otto Wallen versus Dominic Brazil have agreed to a heavyweight clash set for February on Showtime. He says coin flip about uh, that's you know, a slugfest. Um, I like Wallen in that fight, but I, I do like that fight. And then he followed it up not long after that, saying Adrian Broner is slated to return in February on Showtime. Few opponents being discussed, um, but the chief support, the co-teacher, might be exactly that Wallen in dominant in Brazil. Like I said, that's a really good, that's a good fight. Um, so this is said a, a little while ago from Klimas, Gigas Klimas, the, the uh, high-profile manager, obviously, from a lot of these, you know, Eastern Europeans and, and uh, Russian dudes um, and females. I don't want to leave them out. This is a quote from BoxingScene.com as it pertains to Joshua Fury and, of course, his client, Alexander Usyk. If Joshua vacates the belt to fight Fury, then it's not history. That's stupid. Um, giving up the WBA belt means Anthony Joshua is scared to fight Alexander Usyk. So he's scared to fight an untested, for the most part, I mean, let's be honest, not, he hasn't tested at the top level yet, at heavyweight. At cruiserweight, yes, not at heavyweight. To fight a harder style or just as hard, longer, lankier, um, well, maybe not lanky, but longer style matchup, period. Because uh, how tall he is, how big he is, how skilled he is. Like, Usyk's very skilled to calm down. So basically, Joshua would be scared to fight Usyk. <laughs> uh, it means he sees big risk fighting Usyk and losing. That's what, tell, that's what it tells me. If Anthony Joshua is 100% sure he can beat Alexander Usyk, then it's a different story. But if you're not sure, of course, you give up your title. Um, the thing is, it takes a lot of money to have him step aside, right, or step aside money. It really does. Um, and, you know, you got to – not only you got to do the step aside money, but then you got to pay the sanctioning belt that goes along with having it still there. So – it's kind of like, come on, dude. Like, so he's supposed to risk losing. Let's say he loses to Usyk. Well, then that means he loses the Fury. Well, which one's a bigger fight? I mean, let, let's keep that in perspective. Um, this is Ortiz talking about a fight with White. That's not going to happen, by the way. Even now, Popekin keeps de- – this is the dealing with White saying, uh, even now he keeps delaying. He says he's sick. Uh, uh, okay, that's fine, but he wanted to fight other people, and he mentioned Ortiz. Ortiz heard the rumors and was like, you know, I'm ready. He's calling my name. I, I told him I'm ready. 
Uh, let's do it. If it's true, step up to the plate. That would be a great fight. Um, I told him that I would find out. This is his manager, Jimenez, uh, and it would be a great fight. Luis Ortiz would love to take this fight. I say January, February. I know Dillian White had an unfortunate loss, yada, yada, yada. But you know what? Eddie Hearn on IFL just got done saying that they're about to announce the rematch. So I don't want to go down that path. Here's some quotes. This is Ring Magazine from Canelo. It's pretty simple my plan in 2021. Fight for all the belts at 168. And I'll fight three times, maybe four. Um, I thought because he could fight in December, you know, February, May, September, December. Um, my goal is to fight anyone at 168 if they have a title. That's who I'm going for after. February, May, September, that is our 2020 goal. So all this stuff is pretty much lining up, you know, for that. Uh, now we'll just kind of get into mostly boxing Twitter stuff. Um, this is from uh, Urbana. Suleim Urbana. Well, it was more of a guest-driven show. We actually had her on, I think, a couple times. I always follow her. She's a good fighter, really good fighter. But she had an interesting point here. Uh, Today, not long ago, actually, a couple hours back, she says, I hate, hate, hate when fighters from the U.S. buy easy fights across the border, lose, then pay the commission not to record that loss and stay undefeated embarrassing hashtag boxing. And I have actually heard about that trying to get your, she actually went on further saying, trying to get, you know, some season for the guy he ends up getting beat or female. And then you erase the record. Like that, that is shaky. Shaky. Um, here's raging babe. We have, Oh, we had the four Kings, Duran, Leonard, Hagler, Hearns. What should we call Tiafimo tank, Haney, Garcia? And like many people said, well, you know, we got to let them sort it out. <laughs> you know, we, we can't. They didn't call them the four kings until they started fighting. And I don't even, I, I mean, I don't know when that was coined, actually. But it wasn't coined before they didn't fight each other. None of those people have fought each other. Um, let's let that play out first. But a lot of people don't get you. Everyone thinks it's going to be like a round robin at 135. Teofimo said he can't stay at 135 much longer. Um a lot of people, oh, this is going to be the best ever. F-147, F everybody else, F politics, this is going to be it. It's like, well, hold the phone a little bit, though, dude. You really think that Tiafimo and Haney and Garcia and Tank, they're all going to fight each other in the next couple, like two years? They're all going to get a big round robin out? Like, ah, come on now. This is from Breadman Boxing. In this area, stars don't usually take their first title shot versus Killer in tough fights. That's why it's unusual for Garcia to want Take or Haney. At one time, Stars spot um, Hall of Famers in their first title shot. Uh, Hearns, Leonard, Durant, Benavides, Pryor, all fought Hall of Famers in their first. Ryan Garcia being gone. Um, and, you know, I mean, some of those Hall of Famers were faded. Uh, some of them were in their prime. Some of them are like borderline. Even Floyd, his first fight, some think uh, Hernandez should be in the, the Hall of Fame. I don't know. Jermel Charlo is an excellent fighter, building a very impressive record. And for those that care about such things, he should definitely be at the top, uh, in the top 10, pound for pound fight. 
but I feel like the perception that 154 is loaded stack only exists because basically the whole top 25 is American. Um, you know, this is starting to – I heard Montero, I heard a bunch of people else saying this, like 154 is like this gummy, weak-ass division. And it's only going to be strength – you know, it's only going to be strong in the shit when Euros come up. And what was it? Matt, was it Matthew or – no, it was one of those dudes who looked like he – Charlo would knock him out right now if he fights that way. I'm not saying that this dude can't come up or some of these other dudes that are on the rise. I mean, Conwell, too, from here. I'm not saying they can't compete with these guys. That's not what I'm saying. But to act like the top, the tippy top of this division, it doesn't seem like it's as good as 47 or 35. You know, that's great. That's, that's fair. That's great. That's fine. You know? But if you think 168 is so deep, what are those dudes done? I mean, yeah, I mean, Charlo, a lot of people thought Harrison beat Charlo, or, you know, Harrison beat Charlo the first fight. Jared Hurd's still there. Arislandi Lara. Castaño, I think he'll win against Teixeira. I mean, th- there's some names here, guys, you know. So, I, like, I understand what he's saying, and I think some of it's fair, but this whole now 154 is weak. They're all fighting each other. They fought a bunch of each other. We've had upsets. We've had knockouts. We've had fight of the years. But since it's American stuff, and, and let's be honest, since it's a PBC division, basically, then it's it, it's actually pretty. It's actually pretty. Uh, Ryan Garcia equals Amir Khan with a Broner stamp. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, is he that far off? Doesn't mean he's going to turn out to be Khan and just be super chinny. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah he's pretty far footed. Uh, Paulie Malinashi, biggest, this is from Paulie, biggest political injustice of boxing in this generation is Demetrius Andre. That is a crock of shit. That's a crock of shit. Just do your homework, dude. Now he's willing to take less money. He could, he had a deal to fight a one-off with Charlo on Showtime or a deal a multi-fight deal that started with Charlo, or at least maybe the second fight. I don't know the actual deal, but he had a one-off. He could have taken it. At that time, it was career high money. He even said it on that Chris Mannix podcast. I've mentioned this numerous, you know, several times. So he could have beat Charlo for not a pay cut, then went and got even more money for his, you know, fight-by-fight guarantee. That's his own. So this is Bruce Trampler. Uh, talking about um, Showtime Sean Porter and his dad Kenny are the two classiest, most articulate guys in boxing. If a deal can't be made to fight Terrence Crawford, it means the money just isn't there. But make no mistake, Porter is a real fighter. He ain't on the farm with chicken, Bob. <laughs> At us. Um, Gennady Golovkin versus Jaime Munguia in talks for a potential happening in May um, according to Munguia's uh, Mexican co-promoter Fernando Beltran, that comes from ESPN Max. Um, they're also talking. Eddie Hearn says he wants to make Demetrius Andre against Golovkin. We're on the same platform. You have a contract. Both you guys do. Let's put it together. But they're talking up Munguia. That Munguia fight, like that's a huge, huge, huge fight. Stylistically, it's fun, but. 
and I understand you got to promote Oscar saying, I mean, that, that just, or no, maybe it was Gomez from Golden Boy Promotions just saying, dude, that's a huge fight on Cinco de Mayo. That just screams Cinco de Mayo. I don't really think it screams Cinco de Mayo. Um, Andre Ward, as far as the middleweight, as far as middleweight division goes, as far as uh, defense discussion, Bernard Hopkins, Carlos Monzon, Marvin Hangler are different breeds from different areas, not in the same discussion, and we know Uh, Garcia's a really good fighter, but I, I'm sorry, he ain't beating Tank. Tank on his day is the fighter who will not allow you to continue once you go down. Tank is a seriously powerful fighter, one of the best finishers today. That's funny, does you on Twitter. Um, I don't want to take anything from the kid on this night, but Tio and Tank are all wrong for him. Luke refused to get aggressive at all. Tio and Tank will not. That's Vincent Cummings. And that, that's a good point. Um, Edwards, Ryan Garcia is the modern day gunslinger. He's not a boxer puncher, he's a puncher who can box. He's going for the KO, a lot of MFers, and he's going to KO. Oh, he's going to KO a lot of mother effers, and he's going to get KO'd himself. He, if he keeps that Hearn uh, Norris mentality, he's going to make a whole lot of dough, but at the same time, get knocked out. All right, we're going to cut it off. Looks like the show is about to shut down. Uh, we be, we'll be back next week, though. Definitely. We'll be previewing uh, some fights coming up and all that good stuff. Peace.